0: Take your Bibles, please, and turn to the second epistle of John I'm sorry I'm second Peter, not not second John. I was in second John this morning second Peter chapter one. I uh, came across this passage and I was reading and I began to study the passage. I found this passage to be um, personally, particularly convicting. So I thought it might have a similar effect on all of us. First, first I'm sorry, Second Peter, verse number one, chapter one. Little introduction, I, I would suppose coaches perhaps teachers, would find a student that is in their class and they become aware that the student is extremely intelligent, but at the very same time he's extremely intelligent. They just lack the desire and the drive in order to make the grades. They have all the ability, but they just don't try. And I'm sure as a teacher that is a frustration, as a parent that's a frustration, is you just can't get the ability of the person, the child, to put out enough effort to capture what they have and to make use of what they have. I would suppose coaches would look at athletes. uh, When I was in high school, I uh, got the opportunity as a boys team of course back then but to be on the swim team and our best swimmer by far he just could not keep the rules of the team you understand that right coach I mean it seemed like it, it truly wasn't this but I it, he just he, he would jump in the pool and he was he was a short a short distance swimmer and but I just he, he would he would break the record. He would break his own record. He just was so fast in the water. We didn't have anybody like him. But the coach had strict rules. I, I just to this day I love my coach. You know how that is guys. And I just uh, Coach Patterson, and, and he just I, I love Coach Patterson. And but Coach Coach had to kick him off the team. I can't I can't imagine looking back on that, how difficult that was for the coach. I mean he's your best guy. I mean you, just, you he's going to win at least two or three races for you in the in the in the in the way of a meet and just to uh, early in the season he had to let him go because he just wouldn't keep the rules and here he had all this ability but just was unwilling for the for the little things that were necessary to stay on the team he just would fail at those with all this ability and I'm sure Coach Patterson was very difficult and probably was tossing and turning at night Realizing that he was going to have to let him go. That being said, the team had their best year ever in the history of the school for the swim team, and it was not because I was on it. I did enjoy it, but I was not. I was I was too short, right? Uh, man, some of those guys have web feet, but uh, it was a great experience. But it, the frustration that is faced when people don't come to their ability just because of their lack of desire we find ourselves now it's um some of the restaurants are closing early because they can't get anybody to work can't hire employees and so they're closing they're closing early because they don't have enough employees to sustain the the hours that they they would like to be open just for lack of people that are motivated because of the the state of our nation right now with a I don't know, but people are somehow, I don't quite understand it, but they're getting checks, I guess, and so they're not motivated. They have the ability to go to work, but they're not motivated to get to work. Employers struggle with hiring people. that just, they have the ability, but they just don't do a good job, not because they're not able, because they just are not motivated. They don't choose to do it. They'll go work somewhere else and, um, if they're pushed. And all of us suffer with that. Perhaps um, maybe you raised a child that had some abilities and you just struggled to get that child to get to the place where they would do well at those things that they could have done well at. I think it's a common thing across humanity that people that just don't reach their potential. I came across this passage of Scripture and I found that our Lord must be extremely disappointed as we as believers don't reach our potential for all the same reasons. It's easy to look at those situations that we know of in our life or people we know, and you probably had different people that you thought of in your life that that just, uh, you guys that employ people. RJ, I'm sure you've had guys that have worked for you that had good, good potential, but just lacked in so many areas that they didn't work out for you because they just didn't have a motivation to work. If you look at verse number one, I'm gonna read six verses for you in this passage. Then we'll pick up three more later on. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto, uh, uh, in, unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, whereby we are given unto us whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. Verse seven, into godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. I look at this list of things, and I'd like to take you to verse 1. There's not going to be... I'm not going to give you a lot of challenges. I'm going to just let the Scriptures speak to you in some way and challenge you through this. Let the Scriptures... I want you just to... It's more of a teachy-type night, but I want you to be understand what is being said here is what I want you to get. Simon Peter, verse 1, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I ask you tonight, what is the difference between your salvation, the like precious faith? What's the difference between Peter's like precious faith and my like precious faith? What's the difference between your like precious faith and Peter's? Is there a real difference? Would we all agree that we have got the same thing? And how do we get it? Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You realize we have absolute equality in what we receive from God. The blood of Jesus Christ cleansed us all from our sins. There's no, there's, there's nobody in this room tonight that, that Jesus Christ, he, he covered all of Peter's or Paul's or filling, filling the hero of the faith. But when it came to us, he was only a partial faith. It was only partial salvation that we received. It was only partial like precious faith that we got. But Peter got so much more than us, right? Well, no, it's not. It's the same thing. It's the same like precious faith that we got from God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet it doesn't seem that way to us, does it? Paul had something that he was smitten down by the Lord by a bright light, certainly a unique situation. But at the end of the day, his salvation is just like ours. Matter of fact, I'd just soon not be smitten down like like he was anyway. I'd like just to come to Christ and ask him, right? But you understand, sometimes we look at, at these situations of the Bible, but he's very careful here to say that we have obtained like precious faith as he had. Fill in the hero of the faith. Think of the person that maybe you've known in your life that just was the standout believer in your life that just... There was just something about them. They were outstanding. Why? Was there something different in what they received from what you received by faith in Jesus? Or was it exactly the same thing? I think we all know the answer to the question. We all received the exactly same thing. We got our sins forgiven. We got our ticket punched. We're on our way to heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse number two, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. See that next phrase? Through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus and of Jesus our Lord. You're going to find that phrase and the word knowledge many times in this passage. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. How many of you tonight have enough grace in your life? You have enough peace in your life? How many would like to have more grace and more peace in your life? I would. I, re- I truly would. I would like to have more grace of God in my life. I would like to be more gracious. I would like to have more of God's grace in my life. I'd like a lot more than what I have. Pastoring does have a few challenges along the way, and I could use some more grace and peace. You understand, all of us need more grace. All of us want more grace. Do you know when we reach out to ask God for more of his grace and and peace in our life? When trouble comes, that's when we reach out. That's when we say, God, can you give me more grace? I've got myself dug in a hole. Can you be more more gracious with me? Can you give me more grace? Maybe it's grace through trial. Maybe it's grace in other areas of life that you need the grace of God and, and the peace of God in your life. But you would think that we have enough of it because the same thing applies to grace and peace. Grace and peace be mul- multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Do we have enough that we don't seek it any longer? Are we, are we sitting in a cushioned seat? Are we comfortable in our position? The church is blessed with some money in the bank. And wow, this is great. Does God look at us like we would look at an employee? Does He look at us as His children and say, My, 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 what potential you have? My, 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 Gospel A Baptist Church, what potential you have? But what is keeping you from attaining unto the potential that you have? What is keeping you from the grace of God that you need and the grace of God that's available to you and the peace of God that, that you need? to move through life or perhaps a trial in your life. What is keeping you from having it? It's available. It's not as if God only gives it to some. We all have the same precious gift. We all have this available grace and peace, but what does he say? Through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Are we so stubborn that we won't accept it? No. But what is it going to require of us to do to attain unto that knowledge? We're going to have to do something about it if we're going to attain to the knowledge. I found this to be a very convicting passage. I love that people come to church. But we as believers, if we are going to achieve, if we're going to go forward, if we're going to attain under those things that God has available to us, we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to attain that knowledge. We're going to have to do what? We're going to have to work at it. Don't want to say a bad word from the pulpit. We can look at somebody else and say, boy, that's a lazy person. Why don't they get to work? You know, why are they sitting at home when we got all these jobs available? What's the problem? I mean, wouldn't you rather work for money than just have somebody give it to you? I mean, what kind of person are you? You just want to take a check when you could go, go, go to work and earn the money that you just want to hand out? I mean, is that the the nation? Is that what we become as United States of America? God help us. We need to be people that are thriving and working and making our economy strong and great and our nation great. I mean, if you don't work, what? You don't eat. It's a simple economy. Get out of bed and go to work. But you understand, a lot of people are not motivated to work, and boy, I tell you what, we're getting all, we're money on that one, ain't right? But, wow, when we need grace and peace in our life, God says, you're going you're gonna to have it. I'm not holding it from you. It's going to come through the knowledge of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But are willing to do what it takes to attain into that knowledge. I don't like that one very well myself. I'm going to move on. Verse number three. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. oh same phrase. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, according to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life and godliness. See, Pastor, I'm in a deep hole that I can't get out of. You've got everything available to you. He has given us all things that pertain, but what is happening is we're not accessing the things that he has given to us to get us where he wants us to be, to get us in godliness and attaining unto the life that we desire and the godliness that we need in order to live this life, a Christian life, in our homes. Why? Because we're unwilling to what? go after the knowledge of God in our lives. Certainly coming to church is something that we all love and it's something we're commanded to do. But I think the Lord's not just looking for us, just coming to church. He's looking for us to do far more. He's looking for us to dig in for ourselves, have that desire in our own heart to find the word of God and put the will of God into play and to get the grace of God and the peace of God in our lives. And these are things that he has given, this precious gift. Verse four, it says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You understand that? We are given, available to us, are exceeding great promises. What's it say? And precious promises. You understand? We have this stuff available to us. Exceeding great. The Bible says exceeding great. I wonder what that actually means. I mean, let's just face it, that could be pretty extraordinary. But are we as believers willing to reach out and do what it takes to, to find that exceeding great? Precious promises that God has for us. And it says that, uh, verse 4, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. You understand the nature of God is available to us. We can be partakers of it, having escaped the corruption of his world through lust. Are we still struggling in these areas because we're not accepting the divine nature? You, you understand we have divine nature available to us? To be like Jesus, all I ask to be like him. It's my desire to be like Jesus. He doesn't withhold us. He doesn't keep it back from us. He doesn't say, well, I'll give it to this guy, but I won't give it to you. What is the difference? What is, why are some people receiving the divine nature? Why are they receiving it You may look at yourself and say, why am I not getting it? There's going to be something in your life that you're going to have to understand. If you're going to get the divine nature, you're going to have to do something about the great and exceeding great and precious promises that are offered to you. And incorporate the divine nature in your life. All these things God has for us. And what are we doing with them? We're sitting back and we're saying, well, I'm doing fine, you know. I can make my house payment, make my car payment. I got a nice, got this, got that, got th- all this stuff, and we have the stuff that doesn't even matter. Literally, does not matter. There's no eternal value in any 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 of this stuff. I don't think we have a lot of people that are stacking up a whole lot of money in this church. You're faithful to give to the Lord and to missions and all those things. And those are so important that we continue in those things. But understand that we get too comfortable in this Christian life and we're unwilling to do the hard work of growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ because we just have it at ease. We look at those people that have been persecuted and perhaps somebody that's in jail across the history of time And we read the stories about people like Corey Ten Boom and and people that suffered. And, And if they could just get one page of the Bible maybe in their jail cell, oh my goodness, it would have been the biggest thing in the world to have received a page of the Bible and they would have loved it. They would have memorized the whole page. People would memorize a page and then pass it to somebody else in a cell under persecution. If they could just have a page of the Bible yet we hold the whole Bible in our hand. And here they are, they're just ringing out one page, one page and they want every word and they want to hide it in their heart. Why? Because they need the grace and they need the peace of God because of their circumstances. Here we sit with the whole Bible in our hands. Are we going to wear out a Bible in our whole life? Are there going to be any markings in your Bible in your whole life? Is anything in this Bible standing out to us? Or is it just... Our Bible is like perfect. How many Bibles have you worn out in a lifetime? We say, oh, I bought a good one. So did I. Are we, are we getting, are we digging in? Are we getting the knowledge that God says that He will give us? We have all this available to us, but we're so comfortable. We have so many Bibles stacked, and I—I don't know. I probably have five Bibles at least in my office. So it's not precious to us. If they took it away and they give you one page, what would you do with that one page of the Bible? Oh my, my, my! You would keep it carefully, wouldn't you? You would read it. You—you would—you'd be engaged by it because it was—it would, would be the only thing you had of the Word of God. But we have so much that it's not even important to us. It's, we don't have any desire to achieve any of these things. We don't—we don't care about. Those things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Glory and virtue, do they matter to you at all? Are you a virtuous person? Or do you have enough? Do you have the virtue and the moral excellence of character that will lead us to be the people that God would want us to be? Now you know why I don't like this sermon had to make my trip to my couch and get forgiveness here. Every verse I read, oh boy, not again. Getting, getting whooped on this one too. So I'm whooping you back. No, I'm joking. wasn't your fault. It was my fault. I'm the one that's failing. The divine nature, verse 5, and beside giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge. Ah, oh, there's that word again. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, Godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For verse eight, look at this carefully. For if these things be in you, what well, basically the fruit of the Spirit here, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. I think the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ is a pretty important thing to God. We see it repeatedly here in all these things that are available to us. Now, verse number nine. I saved the worst for last. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his own sin, old sins. God says, I've got all these things. I've got divine nature. I've got precious promises. I've got life and godliness. I've got glory and virtue. I've got righteousness and precious faith. All available to you through the knowledge of our God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's given us a complete book of it. And we fail to seem to have the time or the effort to even spend any time in it all. It is a call to us as believers to move above what we are. But we're not just going to get it because we come to church. I'm thrilled you're here. I love church. But let's move to something bigger Let's move into something, the knowledge of God in our own lives so that God can bring into your life those things that he really has for you, those precious promises, those exceedingly great and wonderful things that he has to do in your life, the things that he can do in this church as we zoom forward individually, collectively, the body of Christ will grow. But we have to grow as believers if we're going to grow as a body. The Lord's been very gracious to us. I find in this personally a very convicting passage. I spent a lot of time studying. But Ryan, I didn't spend this much time when I was a layman. I was a Sunday school teacher, so I, I was an adult Sunday school teacher for, oh, I think 15 years. So I spent some time studying, obviously, but not like I do now. But can we all dig into this word, its precious promises? And God has so much that he will give to us. I think we're really so comfortable that we just don't have the desire. We're just not motivated. We're watching our country literally go to hell in a handbasket. And we lack all these things. When will we, the people of God, When will we confess our sins and ask God to heal our land? Are we gonna be those people? Or are we gonna be, well, I think I'm doing okay. It's not what God's looking for. God's looking for us to be everything that he has called us to be and everything that he can make us. And I'm sure it's frustrating to God as he looks at Americans and realizes that we don't achieve our potential we have all kinds of things available to us in Christ, and yet we just don't achieve our potential in Him. Why is it? It's no different than anybody else who doesn't achieve their potential. The hard work of achieving the potential we're not doing. Let's all stand together. We'll have our invitation. As you can see, it's basically a message from the scriptures very little challenge to it i found it pretty convicting i don't know what it did in your heart and life but it smote me that i need to do a lot more i want these things i need more grace and peace in my life i need more fruit of the spirit in my life i need these things in my life maybe god did something in your heart as he did in mine we'll have our invitation altar will be open Do some business with God as he's spoken to your heart tonight.